I love the parable of uh, what we're going to read today in Mark 4. We're going to cheat a little bit next week by Easter. We're going to celebrate the best event that ever happened. And if Jesus never raised from the dead, we might as well have the birthday party in the park or somewhere. At least it's not raining. That would be a fun place to go if it's not raining. But what I love about this is we're going to be celebrating together something that actually took place, the resurrection of Jesus. And if that's true, if Jesus did raise from the dead, and I I believe it, I'm a little biased, but if Jesus did raise him, if, if the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead, then that changes everything, okay? That means that you have to stop striving to try to be more godly. It's, it's Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I need your help to live for you with everything. So we're in Mark chapter 4. We've been going through this for a few weeks, try six weeks, seven weeks, but I love this because we're getting to a part of the story. It's a little different than we've been reading. We've been reading about Jesus in action. He's been teaching. He's been healing. He's been casting out demons. You know, you've all seen this, the, maybe a TV or a movie, right? Of demons and people being cast out. Jesus does that. And then he gets to a, a chapter here where Mark, the author here through, through a, a guy named Peter who told him the story is he tells three parables in this chapter. And so it's introducing us to the ministry of Jesus' parables. And I love parables. How many of us like stories, right? I love stories. I love novels. I love, I love using my imagination. If I'm reading a novel, I use my imagination to try to figure out what actor's playing what role, you know, what city it's in. You know, I, I kind of imagine it being like in Kamii or Kuski. I, I kind of imagine each one of you guys play a part in the novel. It helps me to see it, but I love Jesus' parables. It's not just a story to go, that is a cool story. It is a story with a point. And I love these, I love this parable. I'm going to call it, it's not in your Bible called this, but it's the parable of spiritual growth. What I mean by spiritual growth is that you're deepening your walk with God. You're becoming more like Jesus. And what I mean by becoming more like Jesus is that you're, you talk like him. How many of us currently talk like Jesus? Like we're like, eh. We do the things that Jesus did while he was here on earth. We represent Jesus. And so what would Jesus be doing in an average day in Kamiya or Kuski or wherever you're from? What would Jesus be doing? Would he be doing the things that we're doing? Sometimes I look at my life and go, I, I don't know. But I want to be more like Jesus. And that's what spiritual growth is. And so we make goals. How many guys have ever made a goal in life? Maybe January 1st. January 2nd? Are you, you're, you're done? I've made, I, I have, I am not as heavy as I've once been, but I'm not as thin as I used to be either, right? She, when she, when Lydia met me, I was too, th- she told me I was too thin. I was a stick, right? True. I was a stick. I'm no longer a stick or maybe a twig right? Now I'm more of a tree trunk, right? But I had, I've had over the years, I've said, I've got to lose weight a little bit. I'd be nice to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, maybe not a hundred pounds. That'd be weird. But I, I, it'd be nice to lose 15 pounds, but I can't do it by accident. I can't do what I normally do. Let's go to the Mexican restaurant and pig out on a huge plate of street tacos. It's not going to happen by an accident. I can't, and then go across the street to the station and go get a thing of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and eat the whole thing. I can't, and is anybody else there, right? You eat ice cream, the whole thing. And you're like, not even the small one. I'm talking about the pint, the, the, the court. Yeah, 
Okay? I, I mean, I can't make a goal of losing weight and at the same time eat ice cream over and over and over and over. It just doesn't have, I have to be very intentional. And when it comes to spiritual growth, I can't grow in my life with God, my walk with God on accident. I, it doesn't happen by osmosis. I, I read, I don't even know what it was, but I saw this famous person in a long time ago that learned all this knowledge by osmosis. They just knew it all of a sudden. I don't completely believe it. Okay. But it was like in the 1800s, early, early 1900s. And I don't quite believe it. But if that's the case, man, I want to be there. I want to learn about God just like by osmosis. Like the closer you are to a Bible, right? I got you. This is good. But that's not how it works. Spiritual growth happens on purpose. Someone who goes out and seeks God, someone that goes out and seeks other believers, they will grow. But those of us who live on accident, we will not grow in Christ. Now, why do some people grow in their relationship with God fast and they, and it's long? They grow in Christ and they're stronger and stronger and stronger. And there's some of us who we struggle. We're the same person we were 30 years ago with Christ. Okay, I've been there. Someone said, you know, when I was a younger Christian, they said, um, you're still, you're still a baby in Christ. They didn't say, they said, you're a babe in Christ. I don't know about that because when I say babe, it's my wife. Okay. But I thought people would laugh a little bit after that. But, but babe, like they meant, you're still a baby in Christ. They go, I have been a Christian for, at the time, about three years. How can I be a baby? Wouldn't it be horrible if I came up here, you know, with a, with a pacifier in my mouth or sucking my thumb at 40, almost 42 years old? You would know something's wrong. Maybe you already do think there's something wrong with me, but you would know for sure there's something wrong with me because it doesn't make sense for a 42 year old to have a pacifier or a binky in his mouth and a little blankie. I do have a blankie, but that's, that's to keep me warm, not as comfort. Like, but it would look weird. But as a Christian, if we're not growing in Christ, then what else, what's the other option? We're stagnating or dying in Christ. And so we've been, we're going to be in Mark chapter four. It's a parable that most people know as the parable of the sower or the parable of the farmer, the parable of the guy who throws seeds and there is some that grows and there's some that we, with weeds, they die. I love it, but I'm going to call it the parable of spiritual growth because there is a key element in this parable that is, in my opinion, more important than any of the other parables because Jesus wants you to grow in Christ. Okay. Here's the reality that we don't want to talk about, but you are either growing in Christ or you're stagnating and dying. Okay. Have you ever been like, you, you know, go to the Clearwater River. Maybe right now it's, I was noticing it's a little muddy because it's the, the, the snow is starting to melt from the mountains and go in there. But in the middle of summer, it is the cleanest, clearest, most awesome river I've ever seen. I grew up in Puyallup, Washington, and there is a Puyallup River, but you do not want to fish in there. You do not want to swim in there, right? You guys have been there. You, you don't, you go to the Fred Meyer and then you go down to the, you go, there was an old pizza place right there when I was a kid or a skating rink and you go, let's go to the Puyallup River. I've never, ever, ever, ever in my years saw one person swim there. Why? Cause it's, it's disgusting. Okay. Now, how many of us would rather swim in a swampy, nasty, horrible thing or a clean, clear water river? I think it's obvious because stagnation leads to disgusting, nasty, horrible stuff. That's what a, that's what it really is, a swamp. And so what does stagnation mean in, in spirit? It means that you're staying the same and ultimately 
you're spiritually dying and you wonder why you don't sound like Jesus. You don't do the things Jesus said. The things that come out of your mouth are not very godly. We've all been there, trust me, okay? Um, but I want to read to you one verse from the story, and we'll read it in, in entire. It's only a few verses, but um, God's goal for you is found in Mark chapter 4, verse 8. And it says this. He's right in the middle of his story. And Jesus says that still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, they grew, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as it been planted. How many of us have ever planted seeds in our life? Okay, how many of us have ever gone to the grocery store cloningers and started throwing seeds in the parking lot? Right? You, you go, that would be a waste. I almost bought some seeds and just see what, and recorded myself throwing them in the parking lot, see the re- response. They already know that I'm, I work for Pepsi throughout the week and so they know me. But you know that some seed, if you're not, it's not the right fertile soil, it's not going to grow. But God's goal for you is that you would, sprout, you would grow fruit, and you produce a crop that's 30, 60, even 100 times as much has been planted. Now, I look at my life and go, am I growing in Christ 100 times as much as I'm planting? What do you mean by planting? I'm talking about getting the Word of God into my life, whether it be a sermon. Don't rely on me, though. I've said some stupid stuff on accident. I've, I, I, thought it, I said that at one time, I think it was an accident, it said Moses was on the ark. And I know who's on the ark. I just came out wrong. I'm like, and I, I, I record mine every time just for people that can't be here or just to critique myself. I go, boy, that sounded stupid. You know, wow. But so get the word of God into your, into your heart some way, anyway, and allow God to produce a harvest in you. So God's number one desire is that you would bear fruit and multiply your faith. Now, what does that mean? It means that you would go deeper with God than you ever have. I'm a married man. I'm almost been, this year, it'll be 19 years. Wow. Right? And can you imagine, please, Lydia, don't answer this. For, could you imagine if I was, in my marriage towards her, I was less loving than I was when I first got married? Because when you're dating, you really, you really put all, you put everything, you, you spend a lot of money, you buy roses, you do all the stuff that impresses them. When you're married, you're like, I don't need to impress them anymore. Right? No? Okay, you're not supposed to admit that out loud. I just did. But can you imagine if I treated her worse? Don't answer this. Have I, this is just, pretend nobody's here. Have I grown in, as a husband over the 19 years? Yes. Okay, I can just, amen, let's go to lunch. I'm good. No, but it's just true. If I'm the same husband as I was 19 years ago, or if I'm worse, what kind of husband am I? You know that would be a stupid thing. If I'm a worse father, do not answer this. Because I was the first one to hold him. I changed his diaper with the help of the nurse because I didn't know what I was doing. The nurse helped me put the onesie on him. That was just a few days ago. No. No, but if I'm the same father as I was then, or if I'm worse, what's wrong with me? A lot. But... What's wrong with me in there? That I'm not being intentional about it. Okay, God is wanting you to be intentional about growing. Are you growing deeper with God? Because he doesn't want you to stagnate and die. How do you stagnate and die? Do nothing. Do nothing. 
If I want to be a, a, if I want to die in my marriage, if I want my marriage to die, guess what? I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go sleep around. I don't have to go mess around. I don't have to, I just ignore her. Sometimes she wants that. I have to read the signs, right? Husbands, I have to read the signs. Okay. If she wants to be ignored, if she says, leave me alone, I need some time. Okay. But if I, if I know that she needs me, and she's struggling a little bit maybe, she needs me to just listen, she needs to cry on my shoulder, she needs to just yell about the situation, whatever, I want to be there for her. But if I'm not being intentional about it, we, if I just do nothing, I will die in my marriage. My marriage will end. Or I'll wish it was ended, right? So my question for you today is, are you bearing fruit? Are you growing in your relationship with God? Are you deeper than you were yesterday? Are you deeper in your relationship with God than you were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? If you're not a Christian, this is an easy question. You could be deeper with God just by saying yes to him. That would be a good start, okay? Are you, don't answer this one yet. I'm trying to trick you a little bit here. Are you satisfied with where you are with God? Before you answer, let me answer it for me. No. What, what do you mean? What kind of, what kind of horrible person are you? Listen, if I'm satisfied with where I am in God, I feel like I've already arrived. I have nothing to gain by growing. I have nothing, I have nothing to learn about God. God, in His loving kindness, has said, Joel, I love you as you are, but I don't want you to stay the same. So I'm gonna, He goes, I'm, Joel, I'm gonna help you grow. And I've been a Christian since 1996. And it's been fits and starts all times. Sometimes I've taken big leaps. Sometimes I've done some, you know, crazy faith-filled things. Moving to Kamei 20 years ago was a big faith-filled thing. It wasn't, didn't make sense. My professors told me, no, don't do it because you're not going to get paid. You don't go to college to get a job that you're not getting paid. Trust me. You just don't. You get a job and you go, oh, I don't care where that's at. I'm going, I'm going to North Dakota if they're going to pay me. No offense with North Dakota. I just don't want to live there. Um, I love Idaho. How many of us love, love Idaho, right? Yeah. Or Oregon, right? Anybody from Oregon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington? That's why I'm here. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to sound more like Jesus. I want to do the things that Jesus did and is doing even today because I represent him in my world. That's what I want to do. So, here it is. The enemy of growth is satisfaction and apathy. Satisfaction doesn't seem like a bad thing, but I mean, you're like, I'm exactly where I need to be with God. I feel like that's not true. <laughs> we can always take one step forward and deeper with God. And apathy, what is that? Well, I just don't care to answer that for you right now. That's what apathy is, okay? Apathy is, eh, I don't really need this. I don't need to be at church. I don't need to hear, this is, ah, boring. Where did you start reading? Leviticus chapter 4. Well, okay, go to Mark, okay? Go read something that, go read the book of Acts, okay? You won't fall asleep there. Um, But the enemy of growth and satisfaction is, uh, growth is satisfaction and apathy. Now, we're going to read the parable in whole, but let's, let me ask you a question. Because I said this a few weeks ago, I am more of an evangelist than I ever have been. What I mean is I desire so much that people would hear about Jesus. I used to not be that way because I was shy and scared 
and I couldn't talk to one person. It, it scared me. I wouldn't be able to speak, right? Anybody else there? Like your knees start shock, like knocking and dancing like Elvis, but you're not really cool, right? That was me. Like I, I, it's like I am shaking like that. And then here I'm up with a microphone, but I feel like I want to spread the gospel, but I've noticed something even like two weeks ago. I shared something with someone and they just shut me down. Just Anybody else been there? Right? You want so bad that you, you, you desire a relation, that they have a relationship with God and that you'd be able to see them in eternity. But he shut me down. Just boom. Didn't want to hear it. Now, the good news is he didn't look at me and go, this last week he, we were cool. You know, it was cool. But the question is, why is it that some people never seem to respond to the gospel? Why do they shut down? Another question is, why is it, because this is two types of people that really concern me. One person doesn't respond. Why is it that someone can have an amazing conversion, only reject it and walk away? I had a really good friend of mine in high school that went to the youth group with me. We both received Christ. We both were like on fire for God. We were, we were like big DC talk fans. Jesus Freak was our song. You know, if you're older than that, then you probably don't know what that is. But DC talk was a cool, cool, uh, Christian rock group. And it was called Jesus Freak. Anybody else know the song Jesus Freak? I loved it because I wanted to, I didn't care about being called that. Okay. And my buddy of mine, he was the same way. We were in the church youth group. We were, we had a drama, uh, production thing that we did. And we were in this huge production in front of thousands of people in Seattle. It was fun. And then he walked away from God. Why? Why? Now, I've known more people than that to walk away from God and walk away from the church. Why is that? Here's the answer. You want the answer? The, you, yes, you do. Okay. The answer is that it's all about the condition of the soil. What does that mean? It's all about receptibility and heart condition. It's all about being teachable. It's all about having an open mind, if you want to call it that, or an open heart and saying, Lord, I don't know if I believe, I don't know if I believe all of this. Okay. By the way, I do, but that's beside the point. But some people go, what about that story? What about that story? Well, we can get there. But I, uh, being receptible and having a, a good heart towards God and, an, and a teachable spirit, that has been where I have chosen the right thing. That's the one area of my life that I feel like I've been right because I've told God, I want to be teachable. In other words, Whatever you teach me, Lord, truth, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to, I'm going to accept it as truth. Okay. It's a teachable, it's, it's kind of like being another, another, being a husband or a father. If I'm going to become a better husband, I got to be teachable. She's got to, I want her to be able to say, this is some, an area that we can work on. If, by the way, if she says that, I, it's like, oh, great. <laughs> You've got to talk, right? I don't like that. But if I have a good receptible heart, and I say, fine, let's, let's make this better. And we will grow in our relationship with each other. That's what it means to actually, why is it that some people don't receive it? Because their heart's shut off. They don't want to hear it. This thing, are you talking about Jonah and the whale for three days? Are you kidding me? Fish, but whatever. Are you kidding me? Okay, I used to say that myself. Okay? You, you know, you start making all these excuses why you can't believe it. Okay. I happen to believe that God is powerful and mighty. I've seen it. I've seen him do mighty things and change lives. So a little thing like that, no problem. But it's all about the condition of the soil. 
It's about the receptability of your heart. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Let's do this. It says this. It says, Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. And there he sat on the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came up and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. We've done that in our house. How many of us have ever planted and it wilted really quick? This not your fault. It's my fault. I didn't water it good enough. But anyway. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. And then, this is important here. The story's over for a second. He says, then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. There's a difference between listening and listening and understanding. Okay, in other words, I'm not just understanding like, oh, I get it. It's actually living it out. Okay, I love it because, I love this parable because Jesus doesn't just leave it at that. Later, he sends the crowd away and he has 12 people around him, the apostles. And the apostles are like, I don't get it. Doesn't that give you a little bit of hope? These same guys that went and wrote uh, a lot of the, the scripture, Matthew, Matthew, uh, John, all that kind of stuff. They actually wrote the scripture uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, but they all at that moment went, I don't get it. How many of us, maybe you're doing it right now, like in a sermon, you're like, I don't get it. That's so deep, I can't even get it. I don't even understand it. That They were like that, and he actually explained to them what it really means. And so I love this, verse 14, he says this. The, he explains everything, like literally. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others, he's like, hey, 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 Peter, come over here. The seed that I was talking about, that's God's word. That's me speaking the word of God to you. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and they immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Before we read the rest of this, how many of us have ever had problems? Even after you started, after you gave your life to Christ, right? I'm assuming that when you became a Christian, you didn't just have an easy life. No, some things get harder. And so there are people that they have hard times and they just go, I'm out of here, I'm done. And that's what he's talking about. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Again, God's number one goal for you, produce fruit, grow in Christ. And if you're not producing fruit, uh uh-oh, what happens? You're not in God's family, apparently, according to this. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as has been planted. 
Now, I'm not a farmer. Any farmers in this are related to a farmer at any, maybe their parents or grandparents or anybody? Oh, all, all your family. I was going to say, if I, if I don't have anybody, I could just make up anything. You'd believe me, right? Farming is hard work, right? Right? Like, if I go to, if I want an ear of corn, I just go to the store. Like, come on. If I want a tomato, I don't, so I don't get it. But uh, you know what I mean? But in those, in the biblical days, it was very difficult, but it was simple. The farmer walked around with a bag of seed, and he just threw it. Could anybody do, can you, uh, this is where I wanted to give seeds away and just start throwing, you know, the seed. But that's what he'd do. He would randomly toss it across the field. Some of it would fall out of his pocket or out of the pouch. Some of it would land where the, the grass wasn't as good, the soil wasn't good. Some of it would go on hard ground. Some of it would go on the thistles and weeds. Some of it would actually go on good soil. Which one do you think actually produced the corn? The good soil. Why? Because it's been prepared, it's been ready, it's been tilled, whatever. I'm not even a farmer, so I have no idea. You, you go in there and you till the soil, but I've seen Little House in the Prairie, and they have that, right? They, you till the soil, you get it ready, you can add some weed and feed, whatever you want to call it, miracle Grow. they didn't have that back then. But you do that, and of course you're going to plant it where it is fertile, and if you plant something with fertile ground and it doesn't produce a crop, then you got issues, right? But um, I love that song. <laughs> so this, ter- this parable tells us a few things. First of all, and I'm not going to talk about this, beca- this part of it, because this is another sermon, but we need to be like the farmer. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you don't need to spread the gospel. But if you're a Christian, you're not- one of your number one things in life is to make sure that other people know about Christ. The good news is where has God, God's story and your story intersected? Your, your testimony, your story. Where is your story at? Where does God come in the picture? And what good has he done in your life? That's what you share. That's what you tell other people. That is your goal. And if this person right here who is naturally shy and naturally an introvert, most people don't, Think I'm, they think I'm lying when I say that, but I am, okay? But the reality is, if I could get out of my shell when I was in college and start actually spreading the gospel, and even more today than ever, than anyone can. Because most of us are extroverts here. We love talking with people, right? Right? Okay, maybe not. But um, we need to spread the gospel and bring it as far as we can. What we want to talk about today is we want to talk about your condition of your heart, every single one of us, because in all reality, the main point isn't just throwing seed. That's, that's one part of the story. But the main purpose of that is receptability. Are you teachable? Are you in a place in your life where you can receive the word of God? You can receive the message of God. You can receive whatever God's going to give to you. Are you in a place that you can actually receive it and live it out? Or, because I've been there, done that, is your heart so hard? And are you so bitter towards things in life that once people tell you the gospel, you just don't want to hear it? See, some of us right now, I'm, I'm talking, you're like, you're just waiting for food. I get it. Me too. Right? Right? I want food too. But some of us, I don't even want this. Don't tell me the gospel. It's like, don't say the J word. That's Jesus. 
just say anything else other than Jesus because I get offended by that. Hopefully that would be nobody in this room. But I've talked with people. They just, once you start talking about Jesus, all I have to mention is the pastor word. So I don't usually say that, that I'm a pastor. They say, what do you do for a living? I work for Pepsi. The two Ps, Pepsi and pastor. Because I'm not lying. I work for Pepsi. So, you know, I, I don't, once I bring up the pastor thing, it's done. The conversation's over. And I hate that. So I just say, I'm a Pepsi guy. I just, I love putting 12 packs up. I love when it's on sale. I love doing that. It's just so wonderful. But Jesus says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. That means a teachable spirit. Have you guys ever heard that term before? Like, you got to be more teachable. We've said that to people in our, in our youth group over the years. Like, we've said that to, we've said that to each other. We said that to Hayden. Hayden threw it back and told it to me. You gotta be more teachable. You're, you're not getting it. And that's what God wants for us. And the main way to grow in God is to have an open heart, receptive spirit, and a teachable spirit. You're just, you're open to what God has for you. You, you can act, not just listen, but engage and listen. I can't, there's been a few times where I, where, where my wife goes, Joel, you're not listening. I said, yeah, I did. Right? Yeah, I, I, I heard you. Well, then what did I say? What color did I say that was going to be? Pink? No, blue. You weren't listening. I said, I was listening. See, I wasn't engaged with her. I was doing, I was distracted doing other things and I was listening with my 50% hearing or whatever, but I wasn't engaged with her. There's a difference being very intentional when I'm listening to her versus, oh, I'm listening. And the same is true when it comes to your relationship with God. It's so easy to let it go in one ear and out the other. If you're not being uh, on purpose, if you're not living your life on purpose, you wake up on Monday morning and you say, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm here for you. What do you want me to do? Versus, which this happens, but Monday morning you're like, oh, not again. Right? How many of us do that on Monday morning? Like, oh, teachers who are, maybe you got to go back to school tomorrow after spring break. I get it. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to remind you. I get it, you know, but it's like, I want to wake up and go, okay, Lord, what do you want? What do you want from me? I'll do it. How, oh, that? Okay, I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. See, the parable, Jesus mentions a farmer who scatters seed. The seed lands on different types of ground. So what I want to talk about for the rest of this time before we go eat is I want to talk about the different conditions of soil that represents every person here. And you'll find yourself somewhere in that position. You'll find yourself as that type of soil, that type of soil. And the worst thing you could do is not be honest. Because I've read this over the years and I've said, maybe I'm not quite in, on fertile ground right now. Maybe I'm not as teachable as I think I'm going to. See, it's the worst being the preacher. Because guess what? Tomorrow, maybe even today, I'll be struggling with what I'm talking about. Trust me. Okay, I'll go, oh. And then uh, she'll say, hey, you should, you should listen to your own sermon. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. Pastor Joel, like she calls me that when I'm in trouble. But you think I'm making it up. True story. I think you said that the other day. Pastor Joel. See, the first ground that this, in the story it landed, it landed on was hard ground. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take them away. I call this 
type of person, and it could be any one of us, the hardened heart. The hardened heart. I've been there. If anyone knows my story, I was a bitter individual. I had to forgive people in my life. And the moment I forgave them, I became, my heart was soft. But before that, people could throw seeds at me, like literally throw them at me, and that would be, that's how it was. Like it's not going to do anything right there. So the hardened heart is someone that they don't even give the time of day of the word of the Lord. They might even have it. Listen, I don't want to hear it. They start making excuses to why they can't read it, why they can't listen to it online. There's, you know, they can go online and listen to the, the, the message of the Bible on there, you, you know, or I can't believe what it says on there. Are you really talking about the book of Genesis? Really? Like, really? They say that. See, this person, I'm going to be very honest. This person is in reality is spiritually dead. They're not open up to what God has for them. They make excuses. I've done that. I've been there. Okay? I have been there. They're the hardened heart. And we must be, if we're going to soften up our heart, we've got to be intentional about saying, Lord, help me with this. My story says that because God softened up my heart, and it was instant. When I told the people in my life, I forgive you, it was instant. This hardness just melted away. And, and, and every time it starts creeping in, I'm like, I hit it with my elbow, like in a spiritual sense. Like, get out of here. Because I want that kind of heart that is soft, is receptible, is listening to what God has to say, or anyone that I look up to and say, what, what, what does this mean? What does God want for me? And I will say, yes, I want that. See, how do we do that? We must read our Bible. We must pray. We must worship. We must meet with other believers. Wednesday night, perfect. Wink, wink. <laughs> Seven o'clock. We must, we must be intentional. We must do the things that help you in the process to becoming more Christ-like. That is what it means to be more like Jesus. Okay? The hardened heart. The second person is even more dangerous. The shallow believer. Jesus said, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and they immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. You might have noticed, maybe you looked at the sign over the years. I'm not 100% completely satisfied with that sign. But one thing that we got right was the idea of that tree roots. Remember on the, the sign, there is roots on the, on the sign. And the point is, we want to have deep roots. We want to plant ourselves in God's, in the church, but we want to be planted in God. We want that deep, that the roots so deep that when the wind comes, when the storm comes, when trials and tribulations show up, we don't get, get blown away. We want that. But the shallow believer, they're so excited. They run to the altar. They lift up their hands. They start saying, God said this to me. Did you hear what God said? And then a month later, they're gone. How many of us have ever heard new people like that? It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to get so excited for someone. Yes! And then a month later, something happens and they're gone. And they don't want to stay. We're in a small town. When they see me or other Christians, they go down the different aisle. Like, <laughs> I'm a very observant person. Like, I'm like, I love you too, right? Like, they, they, they feel guilty and I get it. But I want to be a pastor who loves them through that time. Not, shame on you. But 
this is the type of person, they're so excited, they have a very shallow type of experience with God. God, They were all about the emotional one-time type of encounter with God. And by the way, I've had those moments where it's a, you know, you go to a conference, you go to a, some kind of thing where they pump you full of, of, of worship. You know, it's like they have worship and there's thousands of people. I love that. But we can't live on the emotional highs of experiences because that's not everyday life. Like, how do I grow in Christ on a Monday morning when I don't want, I even want to get out of bed? Because it's about the test of time. If you want to deepen your walk with God, it is about taking steps here and there and deepening your walk with God one step at a time, not these big, huge encounters. There's nothing wrong with those, those emotional highs, but it can't be about that. Now, this is important. The third one is important because this is where most of us might be in. I'm not going to, it could be me too. And I had to be very creative in how am I going to call this type of believer? It's, I call it the eggs in too many baskets believer. Like, you ever heard that term before? I don't really use it on a normal basis. But it's like the person who values their relationship with God, they do. They're going to heaven in my, but, but, but at the same time, they're, they're spread out too thin in different areas of the life. They can't really grow in Christ because they don't have the time. Lord, I really want to read the scriptures, but I can't. I don't have time. Lord, I really want to go to that small group, but I can't. I don't have the time. I really want to go to church on Sunday, but I can't. I, I want to meet with someone for coffee, but I just can't. Because you have the eggs in too many baskets type of believer. Jesus said the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. And, and this is Jesus saying this. He says, so no fruit is produced. He just contradicted what I just said 30 seconds ago. I said, you could, be, you could have a great relationship with God, but he said, you can't, you can't serve two masters, in other words. The moment you become a Christian, you say yes to Jesus, it, it, it isn't about you anymore. And I hate saying that because I get, because some people, they, they become Christian and they think it's all about them. The reality is, who is it about? It's about Jesus. It's about the Lord. What else is it about? People who are far from God. I will love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I'll love my neighbor as myself. Who is your neighbor? Anyone that's in need. I can't have my eggs in too many baskets. So one of the things, here's your home. We have homework in this church. You don't need to pass it, turn it in. I don't have a pencil, to, red pencil to mark. But you, we, we, not you, we, we need to have list out the things that we value in our life. Anything that we value. Anything that is, anything that we do, anything that we value. It could be, well, I value this. I value my money. I value... Is, do those things, do those experiences, do that, does that product, does that encounter, does that help me draw closer to Christ? Or does it pull me away from Christ? We need to have that kind of conversation with the Lord and with ourselves and maybe with our family. Here's the thing that I value. Here's the thing that I do. Here's the th- thing I spend my time on. Does this thing help me grow in Christ? Or does it help me to die? Does it pull me away from him? 
we got to have that conversation. So what are some things that you're doing right now you need to say no to? I'm going to help someone right here because we did this in our family a few years ago. Here's a very spiritual word for a lot of us. No. No. Except to God. You should not say no to God. But there's certain things that we're doing right now that we need to say no to. We had to do that because we were stretched too thin. We didn't even know what day it was. We didn't even know where we were. And we had to say no. And some of us are there. We had to say no. But that's incomplete. We have to say no to certain things, and we have to learn to say yes to Jesus. We have to learn to say yes to his kingdom. We have to say yes to what he has for your life. Did you know God? when God created you, he created you with a purpose? You're not here floating around waiting for death. You're here with a purpose, very specific. So we need to say no to certain things, and we need to say yes to the Lord. Yes, I will serve you. Last, but very not certainly least, it's the hungry and receptive believer. Some of us are physically hungry right now. I got you. We're almost done, I promise. And it's not I, here in conclusion for 30 minutes, okay? It's, we're done. This is how you grow. You're hungry and receptive. It's all about the heart. It's all about opening your heart and mind and saying, Lord, I'm not too busy for you. I'm not too busy for this. I'm not too busy for this. I'm not too busy for worship. I'm not too busy for prayer. If we have prayer meetings, I know it's hard. I know it's hard when we have prayer meetings to show up, but I, 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 I'm going to go because I want to grow in Christ. I want to grow in Christ. We've had prayer. We're having small groups on Wednesday, but we've had prayer over the years on Wednesday night. And trust me, it's very difficult oftentimes to show up because Wednesday's my long day and I'd rather just go home and put my feet up because my feet hurt. I know, wham. Right? But, I want my life to be intentional. I really do. I'm not too busy for you, Lord. I'm receptive. I'm open to what you have for me. I'm teachable. If you make church a priority, and I'm not saying that as a preacher. I'm saying that as a fellow Christian, okay? Because I wasn't always a pastor. If you make a small group, if you make meeting, meeting with other brothers and sisters in Christ a priority, if you make worship a priority, if you make prayer a priority, if you make the word a priority, if you have an open heart and you have a hungry spirit to know, know the Lord, if you do those things, I promise you, you will grow. But if you refuse to do that, guess what? You won't grow. Well, how do I know that? Joel, you're just saying that. No, I've been there. I've done both. I both stagnated and grew. Trust me. I could wear a t-shirt that says that. So I know which one's better. You know what's better? Growing in Christ. You know what's better than, you know what's better than giving your all for God? Nothing's better. You're like, I don't want to give up that because if I give up that, then I have to give my life to Christ and then I have to, he's going to make my life worse. And he's not, he's not an old man in heaven with a cane going, ding. Whapping you on the head. He's not that. He's not a nun that you're at Catholic school and they hit you with a, like a yardstick on your hand. That's not God. I don't know where that came from. God is loving and he desires a relationship with you, but he doesn't want you just to coast. He wants you to grow deeper in him. Let's take a moment and pray and then we'll have lunch and celebrate more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for these people. Thank you for your word. 
And it's not always easy, Lord. It isn't always easy, but it's the best that, that you offer. You offer us the best. And you love us so much that you don't want us to stay the same. You want to change us, grow us, mature us in the Lord. And I pray that we walk out of this place closer than we ever have to you, Lord, and closer to each other as a, as a body, as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and even physical family that are here today, that we draw closer together today because of who you are. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And uh, the fellowship hall is down the hall. Big doors. Did they open? They, you can't miss it. Don't go, if you go to the parking lot, turn around. Just go to that room over there.